This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations, and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from the moon. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, Mother Russia, she bleeds. Dan played it. Uh, Destiny's fancy new expansion news, how to not smell like weed after you've gone ahead and smoked some weed. Uh, we blasted off into outer space with a little Elite Dangerous and discovered the best rolling papers while we were there. Uh, also, we talk about some indie games, some not indie games, and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other jazz, plenty of other cool stuff. Um, we'll also be settling in for a smoke sesh with our strain and our munchie of the week. So stick around for that because it's going to be a pretty good time, I would say. I'm your host, Andy, and with me as always is the one, the only, the majestic Dank Dan. How are you, kits and cats? No, we we did the cats thing already. All right. No, nope. want to try that from? Want to try that again? Good evening, planetary dwellers. Yes, there we go. <laughs> hey, dank Dan, what's going on, buddy? Oh, I made, broke Atmo a couple uh, hours ago uh, in on a freighter, uh, captained by a particularly handsy Rodian. But uh, <laughs> you know what? You do what you do to get into the uh, into the the atmosphere. Am now, I right? Does a handsy Rodian? always shoot first um you know what that was really funny and i just want everybody to take a second that's a han solo joke that was a joke about ejaculating i think we can all get behind that you know my favorite part about the word ejaculation is you can use it in a non-sexual context that's right like Like he um, ejaculated hark yeah um it's like um i like how they constantly say yeah i erected that building you erect a building you don't put it together you don't stand it up you erect it so if i may what have you been erecting this week daniel well um you know i took some time to myself to get the snow tires on my fair vehicle Mm -hmm. because that's what time it is it's time to get real about the winter which i've been reading is going to be uh extremely canadian it's going to be a winter fuck show it is going to be (laughs) a shit stravagant a shit stravagant of the highest proportion it's going to come hard and fast. Huh? We're going to get a ton of snow. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping we might get like one or two adult snow days. When's the last time we got an adult snow day? You know, I'll be honest with you. Adult snow days are, are they're a rare beast. They're a bit of a unicorn in Toronto. And it's probably the best day of the year when you're like, because the thing is, is, with an adult snow day, you have to make a conscious decision. It has to be really fucking bad for you to justify in your brain that I'm going to tell my boss I'm not coming into work today because the roads are so bad, right? It has to be a real shit stream. Like, it's not like when you're a kid, the bus, you know, a little bit of black ice, a little bit of, you know, frost, whatever, you know, the bus could be canceled. No, as an adult, you have to be putting yourself in some serious fucking danger 
before uh, before it's okay to call in sick or not sick, but snow. Yeah, you know what? You got to know how to pitch it. it. You look at the roads. You can't. You know, you're not getting the car out of the driveway. There has mm-hmm. to be like a pre-shovel. You shoveled last night, but that won't do it. No. To get out of the driveway, you got to shovel to get out of there, and you got to pitch it. Like, listen, Jer, I would love to come into the office, Jer man, um, but it's I'm gonna be three hours on the road getting in there, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just gonna be a ramshackle. Let's do this. I'll take a vacay day. With the fam jam, I'll see you Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I would never take a vacation day for uh, for a snow day. That's just not cool. Well, you put the vacation day out there so you can counter to say, don't worry about it. Now oh, he's the good guy. Oh, you're a supreme negotiator. Now he's the good guy, Look right? At you. Look Lift, at you. Leave him the grace. You know what I like about an adult snow day? With the kids' snow day, like you mentioned, a little bit of snow on the ground, you say, that's enough. Mm-hmm. But with the adult snow day, the um, joy of not going into the work suddenly and slowly gets replaced with the fear of armageddon you start thinking how much food and water do i have in the house <laughs> if this is if this is snowmageddon like can i hunker down for a month uh, how many bags of rice uh, andy do you got in the pantry uh, i've got exactly one quarter of a bag of rice i've got one box of cereal um and i run a household with two children in it so that is a shameful ad- admission mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah I- not we're not ready at all for a snowmageddon um, you know, I'm going to make you feel better right now. I probably have three cans of beans and uh, a, a, a very impressive collection of jerk spice. That uh, is just a recipe for flatulence. That's, it, not, that's not a recipe listen, for salvation. You got to heat the room somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> true enough, true enough, true enough. So we were interrupted there with a really awkward pause as I fielded about six phone calls. Um, and right now, we don't know what we're talking about. So if uh, any of you f- feel oriented or disoriented <laughs> or whiplashed by this conversation, write us in at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. A- Andy, I'm going to have to invite you to the majesty of editing. You know, with the beauty of this I medium is... I just hit my is, mic with my chest. I don't even know if I can edit that that's out. That's perfect. What the beauty of this medium is, is that you can just edit that out Till just to this point, and I'll, I'll mark it, it'll be not now, not now, not now, but edit now. Yeah, that's not going to – we're just going to keep all of that in okay. for the sake of my uh, my sanity. I love it. I love all it. Right. Uh, so Andy- this episode of Purple Dungeons <laughs> – did, did I just squash you? Go right ahead, Dan. Please tell – what did you have to say? Andy, do we have some sponsors this week? <laughs> you tried to segue my segue? I was trying to tee um, up. I tea, hate everything about up. what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. This episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by, guess what it's brought to you by, Dan? Can you guess? Uh, is it brought to us by Chocolate Crocodiles? No, it's brought to us by Weed and Video Games, oh. as usual, because we're still lacking in the sponsor department. But hey, not much to say. We're still lacking sponsors. This episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by Chocolate Crocodiles. Because if you don't know how good they are, you're in denial. Oh, a crocodile denial. Ooh, smooth. Red herrings. Is it that guy? I mean, it could be that guy. It's not that guy? No, nah, it's not that guy. Right. Uh, leaf blowers turned on reverse. I feel like the obvious thing to say is they really suck, but... <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, they blow. Um, and 80s hair in the 90s. Listen, Janice, this has got to stop. You get the hoop earrings right out of here. This is a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> and your shirt's inside out. I know. I knew it, man. I know. It's, it says Fruit of the Loom. I wanted to show that off. It's the style thing. This you, is a, it's the fruit. You, it's the loom. You're Everything up, you need. You're not up on this. No, no. It's like, you know, they put the Lacoste alligator on a shirt. Flip your tag out. 
<laughs> chemistry. If you want to actually sponsor the show, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Until then, you'll have to put up with all of this nonsense. There's probably more nonsense There's to come. More nonsense That's not coming. the end of it. Certainly. Oh, goodness. All right, Dan. Let's settle right in here. Let's get de-discombobulated. We're in the new office. Yeah, we're in the new space. So um, for all of, uh, for all of these, uh, these wonderful folks listening to us, we started our journey recording Purple Dungeon Squid at a nondescript office near the airport. Right. Yeah, sandwiched between some pretty interesting locations. That's right. There was a cab company. There was a stab- I don't know if that was a cab company. There was a stabbing company. <laughs> there was lots of company there to stab you. And this is a real fact story. What's happening to the old office? Uh, I think it's being turned into um, a meth lab. No, but really, like, really, what is it? What's happening in the old I, office? I honestly, I, I think it's being demolished. They're knocking ways. the They're old knocking office down. down. Yeah. It's... That feels like something special. You know how you know you're in a quality space? When you leave, they <laughs> knock it down. <laughs> they get rid of it. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's okay. Listen, man, I mean, sometimes you got to start start from the bottom. That's what Drake says. And now you're here. You now know what? Um, my, my good buddy, Bill Brasky. Um, he that sat is da- not a real person. Yes, it is. Bill, Bill Brasky. He sat down in a parking lot and started drinking, and they built a bar around him, and they raged all night. And in the wee hours of the morning, they left, and on the way out, he burnt the place to the ground. And they're like, Bill, what'd you, why'd you do that? He goes, always leave a place like you left. You found it. Yep. Always leave a place like you found yeah, it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, wow. That is a Bill Baraski. Bill Baraski. Factual story. Mm-hmm. Factual. Only mm-hmm. based on true facts. Oh, just true facts. But now we're in an office in a very descript a location. Yeah. In nice downtown spot. Tra- there's Taver- Travertine Marble. Ooh. Yeah. The, there's there was live orchids in the in the lobby. It's we true. Have, we're we're coming up in the world. You're though. not supposed to touch them, but you did. I know I, you did. I, I, I fondled that orchid. And you know why you do, you did? Why? Because you doubted them. That's right. That's true. I didn't have enough faith. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, it's a nicer spot to be in, 100%. I will miss, however, the greasy shawarma joint around the corner. That place was uh, was a mainstay. Um, I will miss the pro- the smell of propane in right? the air. That was the, just always there. The mystery smell of propane. Yeah. How about the jets flying over? Yeah, taking a phone call while a jet flies over your head. Because that's nice. It makes you feel like you're going somewhere. Yeah, you're moving on up because there's no no way to go backwards. Because where you're really going is to the clinic to get a hepatitis shot. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, why don't we get right into it? I played Elite Dangerous in this past did, week. Did Dan, you, talk to me. Do you love space? Did Of course I love space. Do you love spaceships? Oh, man. You know that's my game. That's your jam. Black Holes? Well, there's not a lot of black holes in the game, or maybe there are. I'm not sure. But Elite Dangerous is a uh, a new version, or I, I should say, um, a new a new edition of a classic game, Elite, that came out a long, long old time ago. I haven't played any of the previous renditions of it, but it's a space adventure trading and combat simulation video game um, that's uh, that's currently still in development. So, really, what you're doing, you're jumping into a spaceship, and you're flying around the galaxy. And that is the whole premise. There's no quests. There's no, you know, anywhere you got to be. It's smoke a joint, jump in your cockpit, and off into space you go. Dan, talk to me. Um, that's right up my alley. I'm feeling uh, Rogue Squadron. I'm no, f- you're wrong. Not Rogue Squadron. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I said yes, and you said no, but no I'm but. ready for it. I'm ready no, 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 no. for it. What I mean to say is this. 
Um, Rogue Squadron, mission-based game. You get in there, you're flying around, you got some targets to eliminate, you got yeah. some good stuff to do. Blue leader, gold Blue leader. Blue leader, gold leader. You're on the left, you're on the right, swoop in, swoop out, do a barrel roll. Sure. And Elite Dangerous is more like, welcome to space. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting game. So um, all, all tomfoolery aside, it's an open world game. And I just I'm not I have I, I really wanted to come in here and say something strong about Elite Dangerous. I haven't even begun to get my brain around this game. It is so vast that they literally throw you out into the middle of space in the shittiest of spaceships with nary a tutorial. I mean, there are. There was a couple tutorials. Those are a little bit ill-founded, as I'll discuss in a minute. Sure. They throw you right out there and say, go. And it sounds like an exciting proposition. I got to tell you, it was a little bit disorienting. Andy, how'd you get into space? Uh, don't know. Was Ooh. born there. Uh, born in yeah, that spaceship. Stars. As, soon as, as soon as you're born, your mother jettisoned herself into space, as is the custom. <laughs> as is the custom in the Elite Dangerous world. Um, yeah, I mean, so wh- let's talk about a couple things that are really cool about Elite Dangerous. Graphics are absolutely breathtaking. Right. In fact, after doing a little bit of digging on this game, um, you know, I've come to realize that most of the community seems to be wholly consumed with exploring space. Right. Again, sounds like a really cool premise. You know, they're out. Is it a shared universe it is so that's an interesting point yeah it's not a single player game it's actually um, a massively multiplayer game similar in the vein of something like an eve online let's call it that's Mm -hmm. probably the most direct comparison Mm -hmm. however i personally did not see any players when i was out in the wilds and i think that's because space is so unbelievably vast it's literally like a one-to-one scale open world galic like intergalactic infinite universe i think there are I don't think I know there are millions and millions and millions of star systems out there for you to explore in the world of Elite Dangerous and high resolution, beautiful glory. And that is probably the single most unique and exciting fact of this game is it's almost literally infinite. Um, and what that brings up is a couple of really cool elements. You can just fly out into the galaxy and loop around into star systems that no other player has ever discovered before. Pretty damn cool. That also said, there's not a whole lot to drive you out there other than, hey, I've, I've, I've landed in a solar system and I'm going to chill here for a little bit. So where's the meat of the game? Where's the action? Well, the action uh, doesn't exist. I mean, as far as I can tell. And I, I'm being a little bit down on it because, like, to be frank, I just I had such a hard time finding information on what I should be doing, um, you know, getting a sense or a feel of where I should be going. Let me give you an idea. In the game, you're able to pick up missions to go out and grind some credits, right? And, and they're typical kind of space simulator fare. You pick space... them up at a spaceport or... Yeah, exactly. So, pardon me. In each solar system, and again, it's th- this universe is grandiose. So, you've got, you've got solar systems that have planets and space stations that you can fly between. And when you land at a space station, you're not getting out of your, your spaceship. You're just kind of in the cockpit, right? Um, and, you know, you go to a, a, a mission board. And they will tell you, you know, all of the different missions you can pick up. And they're, they're, you know, typical kind of RPG fare where you can either go and kill some um, some pirates or you can go and hunt a bounty or you can go and deliver XYZ uh, materials from one station to another. You know, stuff that you would expect. Uh, and what the first thing, the first wall I butted up against was the first space station I went to had no missions that I could accept. And so here I am, a brand new player, sitting in my Sidewinder, which is the newbie ship. 
I'm at this space station. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can't accept any of these missions. I guess I have to now find another space station that has a mission for me. Just a little space fairer in the big city. In the big city. Well, I mean, and it's cool. You know, it's cool thinking to myself, I'm literally dwarfed by this universe. Right. Right. There's just so many places I could go. And that's a really exciting proposition. And it did lead to some some really, uh, I don't know what the, the way to phrase it would be, some really unique experiences right so you know from that point i made it my mission to go and find a mission that i could do there's like an esoteric like search for self in this game <laughs> and i feel daunted because i mean that's the journey we're in our real life yes in the game you're like i just need to find can meaning you just, can you just tell me what to do yeah give me some meaning give me some meaning it's not that kind of game right the game is not there to hold your hand and that's made abundantly clear by the fact that the tutorials that's for hand holding simulator 4.0 4.0 I've been playing that game. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah. 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 What are you holding with your hand? Oh, another person's hand. Four and times it's, an evening. It's a very motherly hand. Mm. It, it, it tells me I'm safe. I'm a good boy. I'm very handsome. It's everything I need. That is upsetting. Um, or, or innately comforting. <laughs> or innately comforting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was made clear to me that this was not going to be an easy game when uh, I jumped in, did the tutorials, which teach you basic fundamental things like how to land your spacecraft. Yeah. And then I realized that I was going to spend the next two hours trying to land my spacecraft because it is both hyper-realistic and hyper-frustrating. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, in this in this game, Elite, you're trying to pilot this little sidewinder around in the universe. When, you're, when you want to fly down into, you know, a space station and, and try and find some missions, prepare yourself for about 20 minutes of trying to orient your spaceship, which has... Um, Two, I can't even, it's so hard to even begin to articulate. Two axes? Many axes of, of pivoting. Axi? But But not only that, you have like two control schemes for, for let, 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 I, boy, can you hear how flustered I am yeah, right now? Yeah, it's all right it's, there. It's all over my face. So let's say I want to I want to land at Space Station Dank Dan, right? I'm rolling in in my Sidewinder. I'm seeing it coming up. Beautiful graphics. It's this, you know, hyper futuristic space station made out of blinking lights and all sorts of fun stuff. I have to get myself to the landing pad. So I, I beep in, I go beep, beep customs. Come on in. Dank Dan customs. Uh, this is Dank Dan zero, 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 seven, niner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you? Side well, I'd like to land in your spaceport, my friend. Well, I got a pad open just for you. Handsome. Mm, there you go. So you open up your pad to me. I have to then, because we're rotating 360 degrees in, in outer space. Orient yourself. Orient myself to where that landing pad is, which yeah. is kind of a cool experience. Yeah. And then the pain comes, because not only do I have thrusters that will turn me side to side and pivot my sp spacecraft up and down, I also can press L3 to change my control scheme so that I can move side to side or straight up and down. Wow. It is... Absolutely daunting. And, you know, trying to land my spacecraft took me way longer than I was prepared for. Right. And so, you know, that was the first clue that this was not going to be an easy game to get into. The very last tutorial in Elite Dangerous puts you up against some space pirates and tells you, go kill these space pirates. I spent, I kid you not, I spent like two hours trying to defeat this tutorial mission. And what I discovered afterwards is I'm not the only horrible player in the galaxy. Right. Because... The resounding um, consensus from the community online is, oh, yeah, that tutorial mission, pretty much impossible to beat. Really? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Very challenging, because I was going to say two hours. They've made off with your booty several times, those yeah, pirates. Yeah, those pirates have, have done the dirty on me. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, man, honestly, I, I, I just, 
that level of impenetrable is always a challenge for me to jump over. That said, in the spirit of having something to talk about that was relevant for the podcast, I decided to push on through. Sure. So as I said before, hard to find the missions. Right. Right. Yeah. And so now I'm in this, um, and I don't know if it's procedurally generated. That may be the wrong word to say. It could already be generated, but it has that feeling of kind pre -procedurally of- Pre-procedurally generated. Pre-procedurally generated. Not yeah. on the fly, but it's already done. Sure. I mean, no one handcrafted those universes, no. right? They were, they were, you'd hope not. You, that would be, that would be a really, that's a man chained to a desk being whipped nine hours a day. He's been doing that since the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. He's been <laughs> just manually plotting solar which, systems, which explains all the ABBA references. Yeah. And the, the hatred that these developers seem to have put into uh, the new player experience. Oh no. The vitriol. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it has the feeling of a procedurally generated game and procedurally generated is often a challenge for me because if it's done too far in one direction, you end up with a game that's like got lots of things in it, but nothing really gluing them together. Yeah. Where are the landmarks? Where are the, well, where are the landmarks, but where are the story threads that pull these things together and make yeah. them interesting? And that's my biggest challenge with Elite Dangerous. It feels disparate. It feels like there's nothing cohesive that, um, pulls these galaxies together and that, you know, makes me want to engage in that world. There's very, um, from what I can tell, there's very little world building that's gone on. And, you know, the, the sensation of just floating through space is cool for a time and then not so cool. You know what? Sandbox is a sandbox mm -hmm. when you're a sandbox game. But when your sandbox is the universe, sure. that's the mother of all sandboxes. Sure. So you got to give me something. Like if it's downtown LA, I might slap a digital prostitute or two. No prostitutes are harmed in the making of this podcast. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, but out in space, it's like, give me something. At the end, were you questioning your place in the very real universe would you <laughs> I say? mean listen man I didn't get so existential mostly because you know I was three doinks in and uh, just <laughs> did you say doink three doinks friend three doinks <laughs> not one yeah. not two I believe that's the European way of saying joint oh a doink yeah a doink Wait, they say hello would you like a doink perhaps uh, what accent is that uh, that Come one's clean. like that one is like uh, like a German like oh, a, I felt like, that. like a Stuttgart like I was expecting you to go like oh you want a like, want a doink mate no it's like <laughs> have you been to Stad you'd love Stad please go to Stad um, <laughs> uh, so Elite Dangerous are you gonna drop it you're gonna continue you know, who is this game for Andy yeah it's a great question man it's and again the the, the confusion is is just emanating from my pores right now because okay. here's what I know going into space in a spaceship. And being able to see the sights of the galaxy is probably one of the most uh, appealing pitches you could, you could, you know, offer me on a game. And once I was in there, I realized that I didn't, I didn't love not having any direction. Maybe that's me in sandboxes, but, you know, I mean, you can talk about other sandbox games like Minecraft or, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that's the only one I can pull out of my hat right now. The, the reality is, is I still felt some tangible progress and like some sort of connection to that world very early on, right? With Elite Dangerous, it was a scenario where I just was flying from system to system trying desperately to find something meaningful to do. Now, what a lot of um, guides had told me is that the early game, it's, it's great to be able to find these points of interest as you're flying around and fly into them to try and track down some bounties. So that's like, oh, there's some criminal in this space nebula, which, by the way, looks beautiful. The graphics are incredible. There's, there's no question there. Flying into the space nebula, however, you know, I come across a ship that's a pirate and I have absolutely no chance of taking down. 
I died frustratingly three times. And at that point, I was kind of like, well, fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm Andy out. Moral of the story, space pirates are dangerous. Yes, elite they are dangerous. Elite dangerous. <laughs> I think I killed your punchline there. Yeah, so I think it's on to greener pastures for me. Uh, you know, I, I certainly enjoyed dipping my toe in there. As I said, there's some really nice visuals. It's fun to fly around for you know for a time. And and once I had stuck the landing, no pun intended. You know, it was it was interesting. And um, I don't know that I'm going to be spending too much more time in space until I feel like there's something concrete for me to do out there. Fair enough. You know, somebody needs to send you a job document, a mission statement. Then you can cop on board. And my sensation is. Join the pirates, man. Join the pirates. They seem to know what's going on. Andy, do you want to hear a little bit about the Curse of Osiris expansion? Listen, man, I know you were a Destiny diehard. Um, We actually had a little private bet between us that I would finish the campaign in uh, in November. Yeah. Destiny 2 campaign. Um, I know that you've blown well past that. I think you've completed the raid several times at this point. Yeah, we're all You're all purpled out. I'm still sitting on Titan, which is the second level. Um, and I'd like to say that I'm there because it's so damn fun and appealing, but it's, it's literally just because I have not picked that game back up in like three weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that said, I know you're a huge Destiny fan, so please tell me about this expansion <clears throat> that, that threatens to lure me back in. I feel uh, I'm about to win a bet, and that mean, that that's a good thing because that, that means that I'm going to be It up. was like 20 bucks, man. Let's, let's not get too excited. That's like a good cigar. Don't you worry about it. Yeah. So <clears throat> uh, some Curse of Osiris has come out. They start talking about the uh, Bungie's Unveiled, the Mercury area for the Curse of Osiris. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's very cool about this space, it is um, uh, a play space on Mercury that features something that Destiny hasn't done before, which is a like a procedurally generated oh, area. Oh, more procedurally generated stuff. Just like uh, a World of Warcraft's uh, new, new the stuff. The islands, yeah. The yeah. islands. Which so, I'm actually really excited for. So there's going to be some procedurally ger- generated player space that offers new challenges and puzzles uh, every time you go into it. And um, some global events, some public events that are several several orders bigger than any of the public events preceding it so uh we're talking about multiple groups of guardians mm-hmm. in different places on the map all at once so a global coordinated offensive or defensive but uh some excited exciting stuff coming well, the, the out public events Curse. are really cool for destiny too um you know i stumbled across a couple of them as i was playing through my limited my limited time with it um so it, it, this defers in that there's multiple going on that impact each other at a time that's what it appears to be you know because uh, so far it's been you know single things there's a lander coming down trying to mine resources you need to stop it or um you know a walker ship um, uh, or, you know, a number of other dangerous things in one spot. This is all over it. So it's a coordinated attack, and you need to be doing several things. And, uh, you know, what's very cool is it brings the Guardians together sort mm-hmm. of as a whole. You kind of have to be working together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like I just like to see a developer taking chances. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's really easy to say, let's do more of the same. This is working well. Give them an exciting environment with different weapons, and they'll just go out and chew it up. And they're probably right. We probably would. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's cool to see them iterate on it and expand Mm -hmm. a a theme. And I'd like to see someone say, how big can we get it? You know, I think that, man, I mean, one of the things that has stopped me from progressing to the end of Destiny, like I'm an MMO guy and Destiny, uh, to be fair, I I haven't played or I don't regularly play a lot of first person shooters unless they're single player. Like, for example, online shooters like Call of Duty, etc. have never really been my jam. And um, as an MMO player, jumping into Destiny 
uh, is something that really appeals to me because there's an end game and there's, you know, getting engaged and all that other good stuff. That said, you know, when I, when I hear about what the current state of destiny is, it's a couple of, uh, a couple of strikes, I think, or a couple of missions with some various hard modes and one raid. And it feels like to me that that's not a, de that's not a destination that I'm excited to get to. It sounds like a lot of repetition. It sounds like nothing that's really dynamic. And this is intriguing to me because it sounds like, from what you're saying, that there's there's some content here that's going to be changing early and often, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and you're absolutely right, and that that's pretty cool. But not to throw any shade on you, Ben, but there's like 10 or 12 really good strikes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like Absolutely. Ten or twelve different strikes. Okay. One hundred percent. I mean, you have to get past the second level for sure. <laughs> to do that. Okay. 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 And easy I, dig. Easy I dig. I feel like I could encourage you to do that, but I did want to smoke a fine cigar. So keep at the speed keep that you're going. at. Keep it Keep at the speed you're at. But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm sorry. I know my my destiny ignorance is coming out here. I just there, there's just just fucking scrub, man. Yeah, I know. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Fair enough. I'll take my I'll take my beating. Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And uh, you know what, Andy? I think there's a true guardian in you still. So, I mean, find your light and let's get out there. Yeah, find my ghost. Is is Peter Dinklage still in there anyway? The dink has been removed. And what's a shame about that is. A lot of people didn't like Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, uh, the famed Tyrion from uh, Game of Thrones voiced your ghost, which is like uh, for, for your old school gamers, uh, the vo your Navi uh, a la Link. Mm -hmm. It's your partner, your pal through it. And people didn't like him. And yeah, he was off the sort of vocal intonation on a couple things. His motivation wasn't quite right. He was sounding sad when maybe he should have sounded happy. He, he was just seemed confused when a he couple, was reading. A couple times. But I, I, I really dug it other times. But uh, So they replaced him and I wasn't a fan of that. And the new one, the new ghost uh, voiceover is pretty good, but nice. uh, there's zero dink. Um, no dinklage. But there no is dinking some, around. There is some uh, well, well-worn well voices in there. You have uh, Nathan Fillion. No, um, no clue who that is. Um, from Firefly. Oh, which one? No, no, sorry, not which Firefly, which actor in Oh, Firefly. sorry. I yeah, just they, gave you that blank that stare. That blank stare no, made me um, angry. He's the hunter um, lead. Oh. His name is Cade66. Cade, okay, he's the like the big muscle dude. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Gotcha. And another Firefly alumni, um, I'm trying to think of her name. She was the the first officer um, in that. She was also Wash's in wife? suits. Yeah, yeah Wash's yeah. wife. That makes us incredibly sexist that we no, know it everyone's don't, dude, name. There's no sexism no, here. Like, I just can't remember all, her name. We remember it's, all the guys. Don't be too defensive. If we accept it, we seem like we're on a, a path of redemption. Of, of redemption. If no you deny it too she hard, was, what's her name? Of, she, you uh, and me together. Uh, let's uh, think Deborah. of her name. Zoe. Is it Zoe? Zoe? Up top. That, that is, yeah, that's, there you go. That's quite a thing, that's isn't quite it? A thing. That's quite a thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, she's in there. A lot of great voice acting. It's not Deborah. That's for sure. It's Deborah. You know, there's a great... First mate Deborah. There's a great um beck song it's called deborah and it goes like this the chorus is i want to get with you mm -hmm. only you mm -hmm. and your sister i think her name's deborah <laughs> and that's a classic that's and a class you know what you know when i got a windows, love story right a love story when i got windows xp for the first time right remember windy windows media player wmp yeah yeah it came with one preloaded song do you remember what that was uh, no i don't that was a beck a beck tune yeah i'm a loser baby Okay, so with, why don't you kill me? Yeah, that's that's great. I had like a, a blues track came with mine, like the Moody Blues. Really? Yeah, true. I don't know why mine would have come with that very 
I'd, I'm honestly like I'm. Like, I had a me, really sketchy computer repairman at that time. He just he that was a subtle dig. That was you. a subtle Let dig. Let me pull back the curtain. I'm an <laughs> IT guy. Yeah, this is I never realized this is kind of really dawning it on me right personal. now. It is personal. This is personal. You know this is this is some jihad shit right here. You know, uh, it's got some great lines in that song. Kill the headlights and put it in neutral. Mm. A stock Sorry, car is that cruising. From- with a loser on the cruise control. We're not talking about Deborah anymore. We're talking no, about this is, loser this baby is kill loser, me. Yeah. That song just rubs me the wrong way in so oh, many it's, different ways. That's it's such a brilliant song lyrically. Like the 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 turn of phrase, the the syncope of kill the headlights and put it in neutral. I just love it. You like that. And shit. Beck's not a car guy. You look at Beck, you don't think car guy. And it, but he just I've never seen his face. And I hope never to. Oh my word. This <laughs> He's a loser a, baby, man. Okay. Beck is a gift. Okay, he's a national treasure. Uh-huh. He's a quintessential musician. Not mine. You know what? Why'd you have to be like that? Why'd you have to be like that? Just deny the Beck. Beck is a peck. Beck is a peck. Moving on. But yeah, no, I, sorry, I wanted to go back to, to the um, sorry to the Destiny expansion. When is Curse of Osiris coming out? Is that soon? December 5th, I think, is the drop date. Okay, interesting. So do you have any kind of inclination as to what the uh, the content schedule is? Like, are they going to be doing um, expansions kind of like they were? Yeah, um, they'll be doing um, one in December. I think uh, the next one, the, the, the Curse of Osiris centers on the Vex and Osiris. Uh, the next one, I believe, comes in February, but I might be wrong. Sorry, but, but Curse of Osiris, is that a paid-for expansion? Yeah. If, oh, yeah, okay. So I thought it was like a patch or an update. No, no. It's um, If you have the Seasons Pass, it's in that. Though, yeah, the way the, the sort of the Destiny thing works is you... You sort of buy the um, the seasons as they go, so they'll they it they uh, update with quite a bit of content, um, and uh, and they are paid for expansion. Yeah, no, no. and that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, you know, if they're releasing good, complete, you know, abundant content, I'm happy to pay for it. Um, you know. <laughs> There, there's lots of conversations going on in the space of microtransactions and loot boxes and paid for things. This seems like the very best option there is out there. Oh, I just pay for what I want? That sounds great. It's kind of funny because, you know, 10 years ago, if someone were to release paid for content after they had already put out a game, we may raise our eyebrows when it was like two months after release, you know? Right. And well, and this one is coming pretty quick after release, but there's a lot there. And that that's what I think really validates it for me personally, when there's sure. a ton of content there and it feels like an iteration, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on board. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, Dan, lay it on me, man. Are you a rolling paper, dude? I am not a good roller. You're not a doink guy? Um, <laughs> I have snarfed my share of darbs. Sure. And uh, I will I, I will roll um, freehand if I must. But I'm like, I, for me, rolling a joint is like, like personally, freehand is like doing a fat chick. Like I'll do it, but I just don't want any of my friends to see it because it's uh, like when they see what I've rolled, it's like. You body shaming piece of shit. I guess that was a little rough. That was maybe, rough around the edges. But uh, I, I was going for more of a humor angle. But, you know, because I, it's funny. I actually it landed like I a wet sack it, of seagull feathers. I rolled this joint and it was going to be smoked just to my, myself personally, but my friend called me to a poker game sure. and uh, I was like, I'll just pull this joint out. I'm going to smoke it. I'll offer it around. So I, I pull it out and I light it up and my friend's girlfriend laughs at me. She's like, what is that? I go, it's just a little, it's a joint that I smoked. Oh, She's like, no joint shamer. It's like, that is a malformed, <laughs> ridiculous 
operation. I'm like, but it's smoked. She's like, and she pulls out one of these perfect nine paper sure. coners. And uh, God bless him. It is an art. I, I, I had a, a housemate that could do this thing where he would line up um, some weed about two cigarettes thick. Mm-hmm. And he would get these papers specially assigned in his hand, mm-hmm. and he would take his hand, and the, the weed is on the table, and in one solid motion, he would whoosh, whoosh, and have a joint. Swish back and forth over the table. Just swish back and forth over the to- table and have a completed, that is perfect joint. And you're like, what manner That's some of David Blaine shit right there. is that? It is some David Blaine shit right there. And uh, it had a filter. Wow. That is some magician stuff, man. Here's my question: Do you think the filter was in his hand or on this table? Um, probably up his nose. That's how magicians do things. I feel like you dodged the question. Nostrils. It's always the answer. But yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a joint man myself. Um, you know, I mean, I'm just kind of a weed man myself. But you know, the the act of rolling a joint is one that is almost like spiritual. You know, back in university, I was a, like yourself. I was a horrible joint roller. Could not roll joints to save my life. I got into this phase where I would sit in my dorm and listen to nothing but Bob Marley as I rolled joints over and over again. Wasn't particularly cool. Very cliche, <laughs> was, my man. Did not... you have a Che Guevara shirt on at the time? Yeah, I, I probably did. There were probably acoustic guitar acoustic unboxed on the bed. Yeah, man. There was a copy of No Label sitting <laughs> sitting on my uh, on my bed stand. Um, but yeah, no, it, I, I taught myself how to roll. Now, what I realized about rolling joints, though, is that I cannot roll them in the normal fashion. I have to roll them backwards. Which is to say, normally you roll a joint and then you lick the sticky bit, uh, which is facing you. But I have the paper flipped completely around so that I have to like do some weird maneuver with my tongue to lick it. I don't know why my hands just will not roll it the other way. I believe that's called rolling goofy. Rolling goofy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll dig it. So High Times recently has released the 10 best rolling papers of 2017. Can I make a, can I make a confession to you? Hit me. I am down with raw life. I'm down with all of those cool, fancy, you know, uh, unbleached papers out there. I still roll with zigzags. Is that is that a travesty? Well, what kind of zigzags? The the ones that you buy at the gas station at three o'clock in the morning. It's all about the silver, the silvers, zigzag silvers. Oh, okay. I think they also came out with an unbleached one recently, also. It's just like smoking an original zigzag, I'm pretty sure is horrible for you. So It's not great. It can't be. But I have like this pack of zigzags that's been kind of sitting in my desk drawer for the last, call it five years. And I just keep pulling from that, that, uh, that treasure trove. Anyway, it's probably time for me to get myself some new rolling papers. I think we can probably agree that's a fair assumption. Um, and High Times actually just put out the 10 best rolling papers of 2017. Do you want to jump through the top three with me here, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. So number three is Shine Rolling Papers 24K Gold Rolling Paper 2-Packs. Two, two um, I, th- I just I don't even know what to say. This is, this is a rolling paper made out of 24-karat gold leaf. And it's like almost $20 Canadian for two rolling papers. That feels like opulence. Yes. It feels like Jay-Z would wrap a blunt in this. I feel like I need to – well, I mean, he'd wrap a joint. But, you, you know, I feel like you'd have to smoke this on a goiled – a goiled – a gold – a gold toilet. Like this is the kind of – this is the kind of – Special experience that can only be reserved for several times a year, unless you want to be broke on rolling papers. I like how you said only reserved for several times a year. <laughs> so is that twelve? Is Listen, that one? I'm an opulent motherfucker. What that's I true. Say? You got gold on your shirt right now. I yeah, won't read I what it says. Gold flake on there. That's true. On Wait, can I ask a stupid question? Sure. 
is gold and gold leaf the same thing? Uh, I have no fucking clue. See, this Man, is the I'm thing. glad I'm not alone on that. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I remember doing crafts as a kid and in, in, you know, second grade, they bring out the gold foil so you can put it on a mug or something for your parents. And you think that that shit is like, fuck this. I'm not putting this on a mug. I'm taking this home with me. This is going up on eBay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's actually any real value to gold foil. So let me go ahead and say, Jamie, can you look up gold leaf? Oh, wait, this isn't the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yeah, let me just Google that. Google that uh, manually, my you friend. You know what? I like how when you're balling enough, you don't Google things. You ask someone, you ask to, someone Google else to Google for it. So gold leaf is gold that has been hammered into thin sheets by yes. gold beading. It is often used for gilding. So it is legit gold. Legit. So now how does that translate to fucking smoking it? Well, here's what I know about gold. Um, mm-hmm. It's highly conductive of electricity. Mm-hmm. It is believed to be purifying in the body, mm-hmm. um, you know, by Chinese medicine. And if you're smoking it, you look dope as fuck. You look like a dope but baller. I want to know what happens when you smoke it because it's a metal, right? Yeah, I, I just, it doesn't seem right. What it, happens to it? Does it turn into ash? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it does. You know, Shine's been selling these papers for a long time. I've seen them around. Um, I've just never kind of felt the inclination to, to use them. I, I just really don't know what High Times is pumped about. Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> awesome stocking stuffer. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Like sure. if I gave you in your stocking some gold leaf wraps, yes. you'd be pumped up. Also, second, if you are looking to whip that that proverbial uh, weed phallus out yes. and you drop that 24-karat rolling plate paper at a party, like – that's that's a that's a dope move that's right there. That's a dope there. move, man. That's how you roll into a room full of people who don't know you and say either I'm cool as fuck or I'm a big fucking douchebag. Yeah, you're splitting it down the middle. <laughs> a, you're pushing a, people on the other side of the roll. You're rolling sevens. You're in bad shape, my friend. But you know, there's an odd the, the odd chance you might be able to uh, to pull off some coolness for sure. All right, what's in position number, number two? Number two is pouch brand rolling papers. I've not seen these on the open market before. They got a cute little. Cute little kangaroo on the box that uh, looks suspiciously marketed at children um, and has the word pouch on it. I don't know about these. Let me see. Um, yeah, literally, High Time says, sometimes the best papers are the ones you didn't even know existed. They're beginner papers built with pouches into each sheet. So for inexperienced rollers, the pouch eliminates the frustration of dumping your weed out. Dan, these sound like they were made for you. So for the listeners, hey, What's great about these is that it this one is like um the 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 joint has already started in in the sense that the bottom eighth of the joint has been flipped up mm-hmm. and and almost glued there to create a pouch. So when you're in your sprinkling phase, mm-hmm. you're in your adding phase. It, it's got a gentle little a gentle little area there. And I got to be it's honest, like a safe little boat. Where my where my weakness in rolling is isn't there. It's in the final wrapping. Oh. It's in the final wrapping. But like but I, you know I see how this could possibly help you though because the reality is is when you're in that final wrapping i think what the issue is is that stuff spills out the sides and leaves you with this kind of flimsy anemic little thing well that not it's easy to do because you do your little helper fingers on the edges helper fingers on the yeah, edges yeah because you got your your thumb and your forefinger your third finger let's be sensitive you, man while not everybody has thumbs well true but There's you know hey, let me put it out there if you don't have thumbs god bless you but just Leave the rolling to your thumbed friends. Thumbs up. Find some thumb friends. Have them roll your joints for you. And you're just going to kick in double for your share. You go, this is my no thumb share. Anyway, you got your four fingers poking that weed back in here. But the kangaroo says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop poking me. 
this is my pouch. There you go. So, I mean, listen, this, this actually sounds like a pretty pretty neat little innovation it's here. It's like a sippy cup well, for uh, rollers. Yeah, there's, and there's been lots of inventions that have been that have come out in the past kind of, I don't know, several years. When I was in university, I didn't ever see anyone using pre-roll co- – or sorry, not pre-roll, but cones. You know what I mean? Like the pre – yeah, I think they're called pre-rolled cones. Yeah. Raw makes them. It's literally like an open it's joint. It's easy mode. It's easy mode, yeah. And that's cool. I mean, I would, I probably would never buy them because I know how to roll. But like that kind of thing can make it accessible for someone to throw together a nice doink. Um, this, though, I think, you know, gives you the full experience of rolling. It doesn't have a built-in filter. So you don't really have to deal with, you know, carting around a bunch of cones yeah. that are going to get crinkled and crushed and whatever. It can fit inside a carrying case. And, you know, you can, you can pull it out and still have your easy mode roll. Now, cool. where you're at at this is you're going to have... A little bit more of a smoky joint because it's got extra paper in it, mm-hmm. um, you know. But just use it till you got the training wheels off. No harm in that. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So number one, I gotta say this to me is probably the most cool and exciting bit that I've seen in the rolling paper innovation world. It's the Elements Artisano rolling papers, obviously by Elements. Elements has been in the game for a long time. They make great rolling papers. The secret to their rolling papers are uh, that they're made of rice paper. I want to say that's really their... light. Yeah, really light, really. Um, and I, I, I am, I think I've used several, but you know, I mean, them and raw. You know, they both burn kind of well. But I would say that Elements burn down very evenly. And what they've done here is they've not innovated the rolling paper itself. They've innovated the packaging. And it just looks like a huge win. So what's the worst part about a pack of zigzags, Dan? It gets all mangled and weird. Yeah, totally. It gets mangled and weird and shitty. And like you always end up throwing out the top rolling paper because it's gotten all folded and crappy. And you don't want to make a joint out of that, right? So Elements has put together a magnetic clasp box. It keeps your papers nice and crisp. They have a... um, a pop out rolling tray built into this packaging. It's That's still like pretty boss. It's pretty boss. I mean, it's it's like it's still pocket size. This because isn't... there's no CDs anymore. No, that's to true. roll upon. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh man, rolling on CDs. That's right. At or magazines. I feel like you used to have a magazine in your car. Do you have a magazine in your car? I don't, but I do no. remember rolling on CDs. I remember actually keeping my weed in old CDs. Yeah, it was you just That's you know, totally whack. You would just keep your hey, weed in there. Hey, let me put you on blast right now. What's the C D? Uh the C D is uh Significant Other by Limp Biscuit. Oh yeah, that <laughs> oh, did put yeah. you on blast. Hey, <laughs> let me ask you a question real Fred quick. Fred Durst. Oh, there was a Fred Durst callback to last yeah, week. Yeah, there was. Let Fun. me ask you real quick. What color is your hat? It is red. And what color is your shirt? It's black. All right, All Fred. Right. Continue. There we go. Very good. <laughs> Uh, uh, but and then the last little bit here is they have some tips, some rolling tips that are, um, and by that I mean like filters that you can uh, that you can pop into your pop into your doink. I've got to stop saying doink. I just really I don't know why you say doink. I just doink. I, like listen, man. Doink I, is a clown, or doink is something that a virgin refers to sex as, right? <laughs> Doinking, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, like when someone says, "Yeah," you're like, "So you've had sex before?" You're like, "They're like, yeah, I've doinked." You're I've like, do- okay, I know what's. <laughs> I know what's uh, happening. Okay, right yeah, now. You, you're the doink master, friend. So between you and me, um, uh, personally, f- favorite rolling papers. You said. Well, I, so I don't have a favorite rolling papers yet, 
But let's let's say that this looks pretty fucking good. No, but I mean, outside the list, you already mentioned something. It's raw. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I spoke zigzags. Raw, raws are good. Yeah, sure. Rizla let's say raw. Silvers. Rizla Silvers. Yeah, really okay. nice. It's it's what I what I, I I have the most experience with, but I'm gonna have to test these out. Yeah. Okay. The most experience at turning into a malformed <laughs> lump of weed inside a lickety, melty looking piece of paper. You know what? Um, sometimes you just gotta do your best. Yeah, I feel that. Man. I'm sorry, I came down hard. And then get blasted. And then get blasted. <laughs> oh fuck! Carry us on, Mother Russia, Dan. Tell me about that. Hey, Andy, can I tell you a little bit about Mother Russia? I want to know all about Mother because Russia because today Mother Russia bleeds. It bleeds. So we're talking today about a game that's available on Steam. It's available on PlayStation. It might be available for you Xbox freaks. I don't know, but oh, God, God. But Mother Russia bleeds is your ultra violent co-op brawler, mm-hmm. and it is filled to the brim with. A totally unique style and just unforgiving, brutal action for up to four players set in an alternate timeline in the USSR and uh, completely satisfying um, beat them to a pulp action. So like a Streets of Rage. I I took a look at some of the screen caps and it's like a pixely Streets of Rage. Final fight. Uh Uh-huh. Streets of Rage, Double Dragon type of feel. Also, seventy five percent off on Steam right now. And, oh yeah, real cheap. And what's great is is that you you mentioned pixelated. Go back and play Final Fight, and what I believe you'll find is they well, this are, is like a stylized pixelated look, right? Well, it's like it, an eight, like an eight or sixteen bit kind of look. Well, Final Fight and uh, in Streets of Rage mm-hmm. was sixteen bit. So that said, um, there is a mode that you can actually turn on that mimics a CRT screen mm-hmm. complete with the tube blend so it, going back kids everybody gather around listen to grandpa listen to grandpa back in the day grandpa went, Dan. back in the day uh, uh screens were in flat no in fact they were tubes that were bent on the edges and and so it does uh, it does mimic that it does a, a little bend on it so um you know the that's kind of neat that's a little th- retro throw oh buddy i flicked it on for one second and my sweet sweet girlfriend said turn turn that off forever can i just can i say something funny yeah well it's all right i don't know if it's funny but it's we'll get back in there we'll get back i in. mean you called it funny so bring the heat so Every time you talk about your girlfriend, she's your sweet, sweet girlfriend. That's right. I mean, continue. Go ahead. Are you, are you implying that my girlfriend isn't sweet? She is the sweetest. I will punch your dick straight out your asshole. <laughs> apologize. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> your face. Your face. I, I love actually, it. I, listen, man. I don't want my dick going anywhere near my asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a weird... What a weird, you almost create like a cat and mouse thing with your own two members. I love oh. that. Like they're at odds. Um, but yeah, man. And you know, it's got everything that you expect. Um, you know, the general storyline is actually pretty good for a beat em up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you are um, what appear to be kind of like a Romani um, sort of uh, in a Romani Russian gypsy camp. You're fighting in an arena. You guys get taken into an underground lab. Oh man! And and which introduced one of the mechanics of the game, which is you're being uh, fed drugs called crypto. Crypto. And uh, in the game, you have a supply of these drugs that either hype you up and make you manically destructive or heal some damage. Right. Um. And the, one of the neat things is the way you replenish cryptos as you come across enemies they also are on crypto and as you knock them out they'll start to twitch and that'll Mm -hmm. let you know they have some crypto in their blood you can remove so you go up to them and you 
siphon some out of them. Mm, and uh, so the the game the game has a heavy USSR uh, setting. You're really fighting against a, a communist, a totalitarian government. Um, and it, it has harkens to some real stuff going on right now, completely unintentionally. Oh. Um, but you know, um, you can do solo or along alongside friends. There's an exceptional. Oh, there's like a is there a, a local co-op? It is all couch co-op, and, as, oh, and it's amazing. And as you know, it's tough to find some good couch co-op. It's all online because we all want our whole screen. So this is something everybody's on the screen at once, uh, and it's beautiful. I and, love and, that beat 'em up vibe, man. And let me tell you, in Streets of Rage, I always took the pipe. I bet you did. That's yeah, a good weapon. I picked the pipe up every time. Every, doesn't matter. I lost a lot of friends that way, but I was getting the pipe. There is a glut of weapons in this game. Yeah. There, and not only are there weapons, there's handguns. Oh no, that's amazing. There's handguns. There's batons. There's parking meters. There's dead rats that you, you can, can fight beat with. To death with a dead rat. Now, what's wild about this is, so uh, my sweet girlfriend and I uh, were not sweet, sweet. Well, I mean, you want know, for abbreviation, right? Um, we were getting uh, up in the levels, and we're doing very well. And Stacy's like, "We're killing this thing." So my sweet, sweet girlfriend said we were killing this thing, and uh, and she's like, "We're we're killing this thing. We're doing really well." And an enemy just walks on screen with a shotgun and shoots us both in the face, and we're both dead. And we're like. <laughs> Oh, oh man, just right. This <laughs> has escalated. So Took out the we're trash. in the final levels, and there are helicopters uh, with machine guns shooting at us, and the difficulty has peaked right up. So looking forward to finishing it. There seems to be a happy ending and a sad ending. So like, not... there's a story focus in this thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, like, that's kind of blowing my mind because I could not tell you what the story of Streets of Rage was other than beat this dude up. You know, yeah, and you and when you're looking in the face of like crippling drug addiction. Um, where you're crushing skulls and snapping necks and tearing flesh from bones in a drug-fueled, maniacal rain, uh, rage, you're not thinking there's going to be a rich narrative here. No, that yet, sounds like a, that sounds like a, like a, just a roller coaster from hell. That's right. So, um, you know, looking forward to finishing Mother Russia bleeds. All that good stuff aside, I see some people could think that some of the subject matter in this game is exploitive because there's like some really it gets into some weird stuff. You go through what appears to be a deviant sex club and uh there's really? like it's really heavy on the ussr themes i'm into it though yeah i love the backdrop and that that flavor it's got some seedy underbelly to it yeah and uh and i like it i like it so there's been some divided reviews on it but i'm all for it uh Dang, you know, Dan stamp of approval let's do it let's do it that's going to sound really shitty in the mic. I love it. That's all right. That's all right. So if you're busy uh, rolling up your blunts, rolling up your joints, smoking them down, I said joint, not doink, make a note, um, chances are you probably stink like weed, friend. Can we can we make a safe assumption that most of the time, Dan, after smoking the uh, the good old reefer, we are a little stinky? Well, I smell fresh always, but... <laughs> Sometimes I find myself to be a little stinky afterwards. So Leafly, the good folks over at Leafly have put together a guide called How Not to Smell Like Cannabis, um, presumably after you've consumed cannabis. And there's some neat tips in here. The first one is not about smell at all, but about your eyes. And I guess that's about being low pro. Now, Dan, do you have, do you have an issue with, with getting red eye? Um, I, my corneas don't typically get blasted, I find. Yeah, I mean, it may just be because, you know, I'm not ripping at my, at my 
uh, more advanced age. And by that, I mean, I'm no longer in university. <laughs> um, you know, when I, when I did love to blast 15 bongs one after another, um, you know, I, at this point in time, I typically reserve myself to, you know, a couple, couple puffs off a pipe or, you know, uh, maybe half a joint or something like that. I'm finding that my eyes aren't getting particularly red at any given point. Um, that said, you know, there's the good old standby visine or, um, clear eyes, you know, there's, 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 there's eye drops for that. But in terms of the smell, cool tip here, um, your hands. So talk to me. What are your hands doing when you're smoking weed? You're gripping. You're gripping some kind of smokable very often. Yeah, you're gripping some smokable. You're uh, you're grinding up some nug. Maybe if you're one of those cheap folks who hasn't invested in a grinder, you're you're grinding it with your fingernails, <laughs> ripping it apart, breaking it, breaking it apart. Yeah. But even still, you're always packing a bowl. You're packing the vaporizer, um, whatever. And so you're. Your, your, fingers, your fingers are almost certainly getting stinky. And it's something that I don't really think about. You know, often I'll just go and wash my hands in the sink and call it a day. But the... Um, oils. Yeah, sure. Oils. Let's call it that. Um, love to adhere to my skin. And I can find myself sniffing them, you know, an hour later and, and getting a little bit of a pungent aroma of, uh, of weed. And let me tell you, tip number one when it comes to stinking like weed, if you're high, you've smoked weed... And you're smelling yourself, and you smell like weed. You smell like weed way more than you think you do. That's right. Like a smoke, like a smoker of cigarettes, really. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, tobacco, kind of the same thing uh, in terms of in terms of that scent. So Leafly says, uh, not only do you go ahead and wash your hands, you apply a little a little hand lotion. Yeah, maybe something with a rich sandalwood in it. Ooh, a rich sandalwood or some cocoa, some shea butter. Perhaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that at all, would we? <laughs> but yeah, but you know, some sort of perhaps perfumey or scented hand lotion uh, would do the trick. Um, so Leafly says, you ever been so high that you had to splash some cold water in your face to wake up? Uh, if not, it's time to get a better strain and take yourself to infinity and beyond. <laughs> and then what do you do when you don't have a fistful of H2O on hand? You don't fret, you use a facial wipe or cleansing pad. So... I mean, it seems like they're talking a little bit more about just making yourself feel a little fresher when yeah. you're uh, when you're down on the donch. It is never a mistake to yeah. have a fresh supply of of baby wipes. That's what sure. they are. I mean, brand them however you like for any. It's for a man of all seasons. For because sure. You're never when you have them. You're never thinking, I wish I didn't have these things, and they will save your life many many times. And to uh, take your dankness down a little bit. Good, yeah, good okay, method. a little bit of refreshment, I get that. And like I can imagine, you know, just kind of doing a quick swab of the mouth. You know, you may have a little resin on your lips. Um, <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm a psychopath right you now. You mean a swab of the face. A swab of the I face. I was picturing you like dropping the baby wipes into the mouth. <laughs> Isn't that how, which you, is how you use them? the inside of the mouth. I see. They have something for that, Andy. And it comes up here in the, in, in the list here, gums, mint, mouthwash gums mints and mouthwash yeah i mean that's that's an easy one you know throw throw some gum into your uh, into your traveling tin as it were or into your pocket so you can you can you know pop a couple and then in. directly into the gob yeah directly right into the in the old mouth hole uh here's one that i really don't agree with though cologne and body spray is there anything more offensive than someone who both reeks like cannabis and cologne i think it depends people tend to overdo it right right I'm a big proponent of the spray and the walkthrough. So I don't even spray it right on me. Right. 
I spray it into the air and then I travel through it. Travel through the air. Now, and especially if you got yourself a fresh scent. Yes. You're in good shape. Nothing too heavy. Nothing too. Listen, Certainly not an axe body. For Dakar Noir. Relax. Dakar Noir. Like let relax. And and Andy, um, you know, into on the scent realm, you you tip me off to something great. Okay, what did I tip you off to? What's what's the move you have for the spray on scent? Oh, so I've actually got a. Oh man, it sounds like product placement. It's totally not. I, I promise you, I'm not. Oh, you can place your product anytime <laughs> you like. So it's actually called Refresh That Shit. Um, I don't know if it's widely distributed. I picked it up as a sample from Refresh That Shit. But basically what it is is essential oils in a mister. So I believe it's peppermint. It's Mint is the primary thyme. guy. Yeah. yeah, mint and thyme. And um, it's it's in a little spray bottle. Um, and just spritzing it around you as and doing, as Dan says, walking through it will give you just this... This nice fresh herbal scent that doesn't uh, that doesn't inoffensive, yeah, doesn't unobtrusive, and you know you got cats following you home for weeks, <laughs> no doubt. So yeah, I mean, listen, I think you can probably say definitively if you wash your hands, apply a little bit of lotion, get uh, get a little wipe around the mouth or in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> So bad, and, uh, and 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 you know, spritz the air with something mild smelling, to, uh, only to walk through it. Um, you know, pop a little chiclet in your mouth, and you're probably good to go. You know what? I, that's all good, and I love that method. I go the other way. Okay. Um, which is as you do in most things. In cut a fart, <laughs> take a belt of scotch, okay. and and just waft your armpits around. Because what's sketchier than coming up to someone who smells unusually like if you walk into someone's room and it like smells like Febreze and they have glistening white teeth and freshly wiped hands. It smells like rich sandalwood. You're like, did you kill a guy? Like what (laughs) happened in here? But if you come in, you smell like, uh, like stale fart and, uh, and scotch on the breath. Like no further questions are required. And like a a little soup song. Oda, Oda man. It's man. This is a really fucking true fact here because let me tell you, when you when you're covering up a smell, it's evident because most folks, I would hazard a guess, at least most men, don't go around just de-smelling things, you know, or or odorizing things. Right. It's not. It's not a like when we've got nothing to hide. It's not the first thing on our on our mind. That's right. I mean, it, what I like about your method is that you might get a date out of it. Sure. You know what I mean. But there's there's like a. I hope I don't get a date out of it. My wife a, listens to this podcast. A, <laughs> I mean, like the um, the non disembodied. It's not you. It's the the sure. general you. Sure. Um, the uh, you know what I love is a piece of advice handed to me uh, to me about you know from a married man. He goes, you know, you're you come home a little bit, you come home a little bit too late, and uh, you sneak in quietly and you crawl into bed just to have your your wife or girlfriend roll over and be like, you're coming home late. You don't sneak in. You come home. You slam the door. You kick your boots <laughs> off. You you announce loudly, "I'm keen for some sex." Your <laughs> wife slash girlfriend will fake asleep like her life depended on it. <laughs> like like you're a prowling lion. It sounds like you have a very highly functioning relationship at home, Dan. Um, well, sure. Feed me something other than that. Don't make me a dick on uh, this uh, one. Oh, sorry. I did, I did lay you lay out to dry. Listen, um, these are uh, guides in the manual. I don't I necessarily follow them myself. 
Um, and, you know, I, I don't have my sweet, sweet girlfriend is not one who's got any kind of whip in her hand. No, she's, she's sweet squared. How could she? I mean, yeah, she's a square of sweet brownie loaf. But um, and that doesn't I'm not calling your fat, sweetheart. I'm not calling you fat. You're mm. you're in tremendous. We shape. should we should title this one. The Divorce Podcast. Yeah, the, episode the, three. The, 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 the catalyst the of divorce. Uh, episode, th- episode five will be Dan looks for an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then episode six, there just won't be one because you will have. Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to take that somewhere. Dark. I would kill myself. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Solo Jesus. Podcast. Listen, you got to call. I'm so- just, all I'm saying is that, you know, the codependence <laughs> you have in your relationship is a beautiful thing. And I know you couldn't survive without her. How about that one? That sweetheart? is disgusting. That's for the lady at home. Let me tell you something. Um, my rule of between friends and, and girlfriends and everything is, you know, the biggest gift you can give me is taking care of yourself. I see. You know what I mean? You take gotcha. care of you. I'll take care of me. That's the that's the best gift. So, man, codependence isn't something you want to foster. Now, team. Well, Dan, I, you know, I rely on you to take care of me, which says a lot because now I know why my hygiene is so poor. Yeah, you're ready for your diaper change for sure. <laughs> I'm ready to go. On that note, I, I really hated that you said that. That just made me feel gross all over. Just in the, probably where your rash area is. I, I haven't been wiping you correctly. Let me get some misting spray. Oh, buddy, we some... need to smoke. We need to smoke some weed right oh, now. Oh, is it time for it's the smoke time sesh? for the smoke sesh. Yes. I'm tired of hearing you talk about my undercarriage. And now, now I know that's a lie. <laughs> to the smoke sesh dank dan what do we got going on here friend well we got some sick puppies in the chamber today sick puppies in the chamber what is that that sounds menacing it, it does sound and curious it does, it, oh it's hard to know where do these sick puppies come from well they're dank and the dank puppies and we're, we're going we're reaching back into the old school today we're going to one of the the first popular flavored strains we're doing blueberry flavored yeah i mean well i mean when now we... flavor is not the right word no it is uh not flavored in the sense that anything's been added natural is it terpenes is that the right uh, word terpenes is the right terpenes, word let's go with that that that's uh you know part of uh the operation here mm-hmm. but uh blueberry's old school and i'm glad that we're we're Waiting into We're taking it. it back to the blueberry. Yeah, I mean, so I, I picked up this this strain about a week ago at the local uh, local dispensary here, um, and I cannot stop smelling it. Now I talked a bit about it on the last show. Uh, that's because it smells like blueberry, like exactly like blueberry. In fact, it's going to be challenging. I would be shocked. I have not looked at this on Leafly yet, um, but I would be shocked if we weren't absolutely bang on by saying it smells like blueberry, blueberry, and nothing but blueberry, <laughs> right? Uh, so let's take a look at the nug real quick here. What do you think? Isn't that a cool one? Oh yeah. Yeah, look yeah. at that fancy looking fella. Um, this is indeed marijuana. <laughs> uh this the cone is uh, got a little bit of green, a little bit of orange. A little bit of green. A <laughs> little bit of orange, tightly packed. Tightly packed. Yeah. Um, so so this is a I mean there's a little bit of paleness to the green here. And I don't know if that's, I think this is an outdoor blueberry. Um, I think it was actually grown this past summer uh, from what I, what I understand from our, my friendly bud tender. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit of a loose bud. Uh, again, a little bit of a pale green. And the, um, the, uh, the, the pistils, 
the hairs on uh, on the on the on the bud are um, just a, a very a very pale kind of rusty brown. And you know what? The stem is very pale. It's and just a pale, pale-looking strain altogether. This was not grown indoor because of how tight the stem is. Yeah, you, would you say so? I, I'm pretty. Oh, maybe not. I mean, it's. I could be. I could be mistaken on Did that. Did you one. not say outdoor? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Oh, you're saying it's outdoor. Okay, yeah, no, because the that's that's specifically what I was told. And I'm English. Pretty, yes. Do you, you speak? I it? don't. No. <laughs> only only on Thursdays when we record this podcast. I love it. Yes. Uh, every other every other day of the week, I speak Mandarin. Ni hao. Ni hao ma. Show show. Oh boy, this is that's not a word. Yeah, it is. Show show. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're we're, we're cool. We're kosher. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I trust me. I know two words, and those are all those of them. are the ones. <laughs> Got you. Um, yeah. So I mean, this. But let forget what it looks like. This when I put my nose on this, this has got the smell to me of an indica that is part of a THC drag race. Like <laughs> this has got. That that high potency THC in it. Yeah, it's got that smell. It's got. It, does it smell and, like blueberry? Does it smell like? Blueberry? Oh, those there's blueberries up and down it, and this one goes right back to the seventies, I believe. Seventies? Yeah, this is like a very old school. Like uh, High Times had a feature on it in two thousand because it won the cup. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah, I and so that. so did you did you look this train up? This is one that I know about a little bit. Okay. Um and. Uh, I believe, you know, Indica's in general, relaxing, you know, stress reliever, Mm -hmm. um, pain and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's been along so long, around so long, it's hard to say exactly what the strains are, but that's what the core core of it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I actually haven't smoked blueberry before that I can remember. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to get on top of it. Either that means it's really good or you just have a poor memory. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, so what do we got to do to climb into this thing? Well, I mean, let's check it out on Leafly. Let's see right. what uh, they have to say. Leafly says, Blueberry, a true A-list cannabis... Cannabis? Cannabis! Cannabis! English, dude, hey, cannabis. speak <laughs> A true A-list cannabis strain. Blueberry's legendary status soared to new heights after claiming the High Times Cannabis Cup 2000 for Best Indica. Oh, are you sure you didn't Leafly me on this one? Um, can you link it to me? Can I link you the the Leafly? Yeah, what is it? You Google Blueberry Leafly. Google? Use that, I know your assistant's not here today. Okay. You're going to have to use your Brenda. fingers. Brenda is your new assistant. Brenda. Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> the long history of the strain is traced back to the late 19th century. You fucking totally looked at this on Leafly. If you say that I did with your deep, deep doubt, uh, what is this relationship coming to? It's based on lies, Dan. Based on <laughs> Leafly lies. When American breeder DJ Short... I don't know who that is, was working with a variety of exotic land race strains. Also don't know what that is. However, man, I'm like having a stroke right now. However, throughout the decades of blueberries cultivation, the genetics have been passed around, due in large part to DJ Short working with multiple seed banks and breeders. The sweet flavors, here we are, of fresh blueberries combined with relaxing effects to produce a long-lasting sense of euphoria. Many medical patients appreciate blueberry for its ability to suppress pain and relieve stress, while connoisseurs and growers admire the strain for its colorful hues and high THC content. Now, it's interesting that it says colorful hues, because, yeah, I mean, the, the nug that we're looking at here, and again, maybe it speaks to the quality. It's it's fairly monochromatic in the sense that you got green and you got pale green. Yeah, I mean, there, it's it's. It, I would say that the like the hue of this strain specifically is quite pale to me right now. Well, but, you and know. you know what? Let me just do a quick 
Um, image search. Yeah. I mean, I see some photos here that are posted on Leafly. And I, you know, I'm not seeing anything that's particularly like scalding bright. See, here's the thing. When I look at for blueberry indicas, mm-hmm. um, I get some some pretty gnarly purpley buds. Really? Purpley buds with yellow hairs. But here's one that's very similar to ours. That's mm-hmm. that's that's that. But you know what? This color structure, you know what it looks like to me? AK-47. Oh, okay. It's right. got the exact color of the AK-47 I've seen in my time. Um, now, that's that said. Uh, I think it's also marijuana. Almost certainly. Certainly. But as you look through um, the blueberry indicas, there, there are a lot of purpley strains of this stuff. Interesting. Well, the flavors are predominantly blueberry. So I think we, again, we nailed it on that one. Uh, the second one is berry, which I got to say is also... Blueberry being blueberry. a berry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the third one is sweet, blueberry being a sweet berry. So yeah. I think we can safely say blueberry up and down. And what does the review say? Um, almost makes you feel better that... This is the most recent review by Bean Sprout. Thank you for also speaking English, Bean Sprout. Almost makes you feel better that blueberry pie. Oh, somebody was failed because that is a word in spell check. I won't catch it. Oh, yes. The high makes you feel at peace, but you can still be calculating. Like, taste is, is the best part. Great with a fine ale. BS. I, you know what I love? This is the, the this level is of artisanal um, gall that someone will give a beer pairing. Sure. That's that's some hipster artisanal gall. Can I get a sushi I'm cut? Can I get a sushi cut that goes really nice with a butterfish? Nice with a butterfish. I mean, I'm still at odds with this, the phrase, the high makes you feel at peace, but you can still be calculating. Yeah, because when you want to hit the earth with a laser from Mars um, and be a little high while you do it. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Calculating. <laughs> Calculating. So we've loaded like up our you're, blueberry. You're stuffing people into the back of your van, and you're a little high. <laughs> so we've loaded up my Da Vinci, uh, my Da Vinci IQ, my brand new one from last week. I know you're giving me the eyebrow because it sounds like a Da Vinci. Are you, I'm just excited side, to have one. Do you have a side deal going on? Side deal on? with Da Vinci. Yeah, they're cutting do me you? a check, not you. We've already listen. That. My contract is very clear. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Um, and so we've got it uh, in the chamber here. Now, I, the Da Vinci IQ has this cool feature where it's got the, the flavor chamber, yep. um, which means you can put a whole nug of blueberry in there, for example. And as nug. you're vaping blueberry, you're, you're getting you're some blueberry. You're infusing the blueberry nug with the blueberry vape. It's just it's pretty, pretty freaking cool. So um, that being said, we don't have a nug in the chamber today. We're just going to be vaping the straight blueberry strain. Um, and yeah, I mean... Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want the first? Do you want the first go? Yeah, let's get, get in, in there. there. Now the Da Vinci's gotten kind of hot. It's been sitting here heating so up. So I just pull on the sweet piece. So pull on it now. You're gonna want to pull on it like you're sipping on a glass of wine or like you're puffing on a fine cigar. It's not like a haul. It's more of a puff. As that flavor hitting you there, Dank Dan. Oh, we got some nice clouds going. <clears throat> Oh, we got a cough. Um, Talk to me about the flavor. It's interesting. Are you getting the blueberry? Is a little bit of blueberry. It's it's interesting through the vape. Yeah. Because of the heat that it's been cooked at. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got it on a pretty low temperature. Um, 
I gotta be honest. Mm-hmm. Some of the flavors coming through, but not as much as if we had smoked it through a different apparatus, like a like a water pipe or something like that. And the, I find like the vape evens out the flavor. Yeah, it's true. I'm not getting oh, so. Uh, you know what? I'm on the tip of my tongue right now. I've got that that fresh blueberry flavor. I really do. Like that that first exhale, I have it. And maybe it's because I had you pull from it first after it had been cooking for a little while. Could be. I'm not sure. Like right now, because it did taste a little overcooked. It did taste stale. And a little bit over browned. It was like it tasted like brown, right now. I've got perfect, plant. perfect, like freshly cooked or pardon me, freshly picked blueberries. Get that flavor in there. Okay. Yeah. You got that's it. Much yeah. Fresher. I think I think it was just sitting there a little bit too long. Sorry that you got the initial uh, the initial puff, which wasn't ideal, but that is oh, that is a really nice flavor. Yeah, a lot more blueberry on that one. I'm I'm back in. You're back in. I was out. Now I'm back in. Yeah, oh, oh, I cooked it up. My bad. That's all right. So this thing, I mean, all vaporizers heat up, but this thing heats up evenly. So the nice and thing about the Da Vinci IQ is that it's, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the damn metal inside. Is it, it's not ceramic? Uh, no, it's, so it's specifically not ceramic. It's, um, fuck, whatever, whatever it is, it's specifically not ceramic. It's the most like inert metal to not transfer flavor into the, uh, the strain as you're smoking it. Um, it oh, did you turn it off? Oh, I think that's okay. Um, is it aluminum? No, it's definitely not aluminum. No Alzheimer's it, over here. Is it? Is it titanium? No, not that either. Um, that being said, you know it, it, it gives it a, a nice pure flavor as it as it comes through the chamber, and I've been really enjoying this. I've been using it over the past week as it's been getting colder outside, and the ability to just kind of have a couple puffs without stinking up my house has been a real treat. Well, and it, speaking of the cold, great way to heat up your hands, eh? Yeah, yeah. That is the one thing, though. The, the DaVinci IQ does get a little bit hot. And I think that's a, that's a problem with most herb vaporizers. It's challenging to keep them at a, at a you know, a manageable temperature. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing too bad. Wow. How's it, uh, how's it settling in on you there, Dank Dan? Um, it's, been, it's pretty free and easy so far. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely feeling that strong indica pull. It's like starting at the base of my spine and, like, gluing me back into the chair. I think that there's some relaxation tingling down into my forearms, um, and my toes are just feeling surprisingly relaxed at the um, moment. You know, as per a little bit of normality for me, it can feel my face a little bit, but yeah. but also it's coming on me pretty slowly, which is nice. It's nice yeah. to be gently, gently accosted. Could it be copper? It's definitely not copper. It's a copper chamber. All of these things are like really you, like yeah, you oppressive. Can't smoke you don't, out of copper, I don't want to smoke will, out of copper. It'll kill you for it, sure. That, it sounds like it would kill you. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing about the vaporizer is I find it does give you a, like in terms of the, the high that it does bring on, it feels like a much more even, much more friendly high. So, you know, I mean, to me, uh, I've found it hard to get get to the point where I feel like I've smoked too much, right? It feels like there's a lot, a much larger margin for error. I can, I can take, you know, more and more puffs on the vaporizer and maintain a pretty even result. Can the vaporizer get you into trouble though? Because like when you take a thick cloud off a, of a, a, a bong, yeah. there's a lot of weight in there. So, sure. you know, you, you, you step up to it with a certain amount of seriousness, the vape, it, it, if, it all if it feels like you could pull on it forever. Oh yeah, man! It feels like you could pull on it forever. But doesn't that feel? <laughs> it doesn't that feel like inherently risky? Yeah, it might be because I just pulled on it about 
20 times so we'll see if i can still make sentences by the end of this podcast oh man my favorite part is when you can't make sentences anymore you hit that wall mid-sentence that's great oh man so dan should we jump into uh the munchie of the week what did you bring for us pal well we told by the way we totally got way too high last week and completely forgot to eat the munchie of the week. That's right. What was the munchie of the week last week? It, I think you showed me afterwards, and it, it was, was some protein balls. It was or something? like a protein dense, like sunflower deliciousness. So this time we've gone the other way because it was a very healthy snack last night. Last week, this is last knee. Last knee. Last, last knee. week. Uh, this week it is straight out of the kosher section of my grocer. Uh-huh. The tangy zangy twist sticks. Sour wild fruit. And what we're looking at is multicolored spirals of sugar goodness, sour oh, sugar goodness. It's like a stick that looks kind of like a frosted candy cane, but like in primary colors. We yes. got yellow, green, red, blue. I feel like I'm watching Reading Rainbow. And it's um about half the length of a full length straw. Yep. And it prompts the same length as Dank Dan's wiener. We're taking bites now. Getting right in there. Not of my wiener, but... Okay, we got to remember not to chew too loudly into the mic, because we did this on the Hubba Bubba, and it was so horrible to listen to. It's a really good Foley work. Mm-hmm. So, right out the gate, I'm tasting sugar and a little bit of sour, and that is the uniform flavor of this stick now, of color. Now, when you see four different colors, you think four different flavors. That you is think- a uniform flavor. Do you think it's four different flavors? I think it's food dye. It is hopefully food dye. <laughs> Not just the other dye. Option is just dye. <laughs> it's just straight dye. Um, um, let's see where these things were manufactured. Let's just for funsies. Mm-hmm. They are kosher. Mm-hmm. But let's see. Let's see where they were. I feel constructed. like I'm gonna have to employ my. These Mandarin. are made in the USA. Made in the USA. And there are three other flavors mm-hmm. other than this flavor, which was sour wild fruit. There is. Sour, sour wild fruit. Yeah. yeah. There's not a stick of fruit in here. <laughs> no, there's no fruit sour involved. Sour ble- blue raspberry, sour strawberry, and sour wild berry. So they a- went blueberry, strawberry, and wild berry. Yeah. Uh, and then wild fruit. I wonder what the difference between wild a berry, berry and, and wild a fruit, fruit is. I'm going to go ahead and tell you there is some juice concentrate in this. Oh. And I, you can probably guess. You have to concentrate real hard to taste the juice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... The last ingredient is the most fascinating. What is it? Titanium dioxide. (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid of smoking out of copper, but I've just consumed titanium dioxide. That is a titanium, which has been modified by two oxygen uh, molecules. Is that, I don't even, I don't want to think about that science. It sounds like. Like a lot of disease. Well, here's the thing I'll tell you is that everything sounds more scary in the chemical um, extrapolation of it if you're listing it as a chemical. So, like, if I said... Um, Do you want to crack the door over there? It's feeling a little stinky in here. There you go. We need to get our get our fancy lotions. <laughs> Head on down to the bathroom and lotion my hands up. Like, if I said uh, dye... Hydrogen monoxide? Yeah. Yeah, that's water. Right. So to say that everything sounds, I mean, really took the weight out of I'm my sorry, point man. there. I just rushed to the finish line. Yeah. Uh, everything sounds scarier as a chemical uh, a layout. Uh, 
So our second, uh, <laughs> oh, our second, we have a uh, second munchie. munchie? Of the day, oh man! Also from the, <laughs> you've just spilled them all over the floor, all over man. the goddamn place. That's second okay. munchie of the evening uh, of the show is. Um, I feel like, dude. I feel click like Choco Kids. Click fine milk chocolate with milk cream filling. So this is in a lavender purple bag. Oh, ow! Dang, Dan has thrown a chocolate into my eye um i can't eat it that way um this is in a nondescript lavender purple bag and it uh, upon opening looks to be a chocolate with some foreign language emblazoned into it hebrew my friend this is also from the kosher aisle of my grocery so we're eating some hebrew chocolates on the podcast how Um, nice is that it's nice. It's a little bubbly. It's a bubbly-looking chocolate with the Hebrew on there and a nice flat print. Biting into it. It's like a milk chocolate. Yeah, and it is pretty melty. Mm. I like a little melt in there. You know, it's nice when your milk chocolate melts a bit in your fingers. Covers up the stench of weed. Yeah, they didn't mention that. Let the Dorito dust <laughs> cover up <laughs> the scent of weed. Lotion or Dorito dust. The interior is this like nice white milk. It's almost, this tastes like a Kinder Surprise, like one of those Kinder eggs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the flavor here. Hmm, quite tasty. I just want to eat it, but we're on a podcast. This is a great thing in the um, ingredients. Coca mass, oh. a mass of coca. Mm. Also, for allergen sensitive people, may contain gluten, sesame, peanut, and nut traces. They're covering all their bases there. Yeah. I think it like anything anything that uh can can be on your top top allergen spectrum. Oh yeah. Best used before blank. <laughs> Just they have never a, expire. A blank. And you know what? It's made by our favorite mother corporation, Unilever. Unilever. There they go. They're in the kosher game now. Yeah, they they're, own they're in there. A stiff, you know, fifteen percent of the world economy. Yeah, there you go, man. There you they go. got lots. That's of... a number, folks. That's a number that I pulled out of my 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 posterior. But uh, uh-huh. Unilever is owns a ton of things. Well, let me uh, let me pull something out of my posterior, other than my aforementioned dick. After you punched it straight on through. Oh my. <laughs> um, man, Dan, talk to me about the effects of this blueberry right now. I find them pretty mild. But you, Are you feeling you, mild right now? Euphoric. Yeah, I'm relaxed. feeling. Relaxed. The relaxation is 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 really marked for the for me right now. Like I I I feel like I've settled into a warm bath, and it also uh, feels like possibly my eyes want to close. What do you think makes us uniquely qualified to talk to make a podcast about getting baked while talking about video games and eating snacks? Uh, I think that, you know, it's it's the willingness, man. It's the willingness to get out there, magic school bus this shit right into the uh, in the stratosphere. I'm wondering to myself, um, you know, is this the smartest idea that we've ever had? Uh, it's undoubtedly the best idea. Smarts don't play a part, however. Okay, you gotta I'm click with you. The, you got to click the bad boy on the side there five times. That's the Da Vinci mode. Five? That was four? Oh. Is it not turning on? On the up and down thing? No, nope, we've got to click thing? the top button there. All right, I got it. You don't have to reach for it. It's a there simple instruction. There you go. And what's going to happen is it's gonna that little square is going to flash a couple times, and when it's solid, you can go ahead and take a toke. 
That's fantastic. So did you while, read the did you read the manual? I did. Yeah. So while we're uh, while we're settling into our our blueberry here, uh, why don't we play our post sesh game? I love this. Twenty questions. What we do you think? Play twenty questions. Get in there? Video get game in there. themed. I love it. Yeah, you're picking it this this week. Okay, I got it. Okay, you got a person, place, or thing. It's a thing. Awesome. I got twenty questions. Let's go. Let's get into it. You got to j- jazz me up a little bit here, man, because I feel like like drifting into a, a soft slumber. Um, we are standing on the precipice of uh, a dire problem, and it is this: Can Andy, in twenty questions, deduce this thing that has been laid before him, or will he fall into ruin? Uh, this thing. All right. Um, did this thing appear in a modern video game? By that I mean in the past five years. Yes. Okay. Is it a first-person shooter? No, I don't believe so. Okay. You don't believe so? Uh, just no. No. No is the, the answer. Got you. Are we... Uh, is this a... Um, is this a console-exclusive game? Um, this character um, has been on many things, but I would say generally it is a console... He is a console-specific character. Excuse me. This thing is generally console-specific, but not... Always. I I think I said console exclusive. So he's either exclusive or it's either exclusive then or no. it's not. No, not exclusive. You salty sailor. You salty motherfucker. <laughs> uh, okay. Is uh, is this a Nintendo property? Yes. Okay, great. Is it in... Uh, how many questions do I have left? You have 16. Okay. <laughs> uh, is it in a Mario game? It is. Ooh. Is it... Uh, one of Mario's items. It is. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna roll over here. Is it a mushroom? It is not. Okay. Is it a? How many do I have left? Thirteen. Thirteen. Is it a, a fire flower? No. Is it the the invin- invulnerability star? No. Is it? How many do I have left? Eleven. Eleven. Is it? What? What else is there? It's one of Mario's. Per- his hat. It's Mario's hat. It's Mario's hat. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Now, a lesser man would have changed it, and I thought about it. Yeah. No, you got to play it straight, man. 20 questions on a podcast. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. So Mario's hat, and it, you know, pretty front and center with Mario Odyssey hitting us so hard. Yeah. Um, Is it Odyssey the new one? It's Mario Odyssey. Odyssey's the new one, and apparently it's like literally the best Mario game of all time. I hear rave reviews, reviews, and you know what? Honestly, between it it and and, uh, uh, Zelda, Mm -hmm. I will be picking up a Switch. Yeah, I mean, I'm 100% sold on a Switch. I've I've talked about it pretty much every week so far, and it's, it's just a matter of when I feel like dropping the four bills plus, you know. MSRP of $70 plus here in Canada for both of those games. Um, but it th- both are absolute must-play games in my playbook. Um, and, you know, Super Mario Odyssey, put it this way. I was listening to The Instance, which is a, a World of Warcraft and Blizzard property uh, podcast. The amount of times that those guys talk about anything that's not Blizzard-related, I can probably count on one hand. And they were just going on about Super Mario Odyssey this week. So I have to imagine that it's something special. Are you having a tough time with the Da Vinci over there, friend? No, I'm okay. Okay. Very good. That's the battery. I know. (laughs) You hot put me on blast and then be like, let's go. (laughs) How do you pitch it to me while I'm working with this thing and then be like, hurry it up, Dan. (laughs) What a garbage person. How about I give this to you? Yes, indeed you will. I'll give that to you. you. Oh, no. Everything's falling apart. Oh, Andy, uh, you're not supposed to throw those things on the ground. Uh, You having some trouble with the Da Vinci over there? I'm having a little bit of trouble. You fucking (laughs) absolute douche hammer. 
<laughs> so, um, loot boxes have entered the realm of the official authorities of Europe. Oh, okay. Talk to me so, about that. So, um, in Belgium, uh-huh. the uh, one of the uh, legislative boards over there is looking at it um, through the lens of being a gambling item, okay. which would uh, entitle it to be um, immediately an adult-only title okay. because it features gambling and uh, fall under some you know specific taxation law and what have you. Um, and that had triggered uh, – people have speculated have triggered – EA pulling the loot boxes straight out of uh, Battlefront 2. And they did that right on the the day or six hours before the the game launched here in North America. When we've been cut and we've been talking about and pretty much everybody's been talking about um, Battle Battlefront 2 and the whole loot box shenanigans coupled with a really poor sense of progression through the game that pretty much necessitated you either sink 4,000 hours into the game to unlock, say, Darth Vader or, you know, pony up some cash. Yeah, there were some certainly grindy elements in there that that set people, uh, you know, off. Uh, But uh, so in terms of that, uh, (laughs) they're calling it real real gambling or simulating gambling are both uh, some elements that they – um, are concerned in landing on their game. And also, um, a Hawaiian Democrat has spoken up um, regarding his or her concern, uh, because this is an inclusive podcast. That's right. Um, as loot boxes, as predatory behavior. Deborah would vouch for us. And, you know, it's funny, for all the hoopla that's been put into um, you know, the legislation over gaming about them being too violent and all these type of things. Um, I'm glad to see legislators looking at something that is... That actually matters. ...specifically predatory. I was reading one developer talking about going away from uh, those type of uh, mechanics and talking about how much money they had made off whales. Mm -hmm. Thousands and thousands of people that had spent tons of money on the game and as a developer you're what you're hoping is that person is rich mm-hmm. and uh can afford it not somebody who's deep in the throes of a gambling addiction and just can't say no because that's a much scarier outlook yeah. well i mean it's entirely true and you know listen uh, microtransactions i think again covering them in with any length there's so many different variables that go into you know what's a microtransaction and what makes it kind of um more or less, let's call it oppressive, right? Uh, certainly with a free-to-play title, for example, you know, the, there's some room there to understand that they're going to ask you at some point to monetize their game. When we're talking about EA, uh, not only are you dealing with a microtransaction situation, but you're dealing with a randomized loot box. I think that really is the crux of the matter here, is that you're paying for a loot box that has an item in it that you may or may not want. And it's really roll of the dice. Now listen, um, do I think that this qualifies as gambling i'm personally you know jury out on that kind of conversation i don't know that it's necessarily gambling but it is it is really shitty and so it's interesting because you know ea has done this pivot where they've pulled loot boxes right out of the star wars battlefront 2 game and that by the way hasn't messed with reviewers general perceptions of the game at all most folks or i should say many of the uh, reviews that i've read online are still pretty damn negative stemming from the fact that the progression of the actual game, which was, of course, developed with the loot boxes in mind, is still pretty, uh, pretty, the, the only word that comes to mind is oppressive. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, you know, and it, you see the why business wants it so much. Uh, did you hear that Tencent, um, the uh, internet firm from China, mm-hmm. has become the largest internet firm in the world, above of Amazon? What? Above, yeah. They just passed. Sorry, what on earth is Tencent? Tencent is a um, Chinese internet firm, so mm-hmm. you wouldn't hear them because of them mostly because everything they make is you know in Chinese mm-hmm. um, and for that market. But you know these guys have got so big that the um, Sorry, they're a game developer. They are an internet firm, so they offer a service among many, like a, a chat service, very similar to WhatsApp. It's called GG, I think. Anyway, um, that's free, but they also offer free games that have monetization inside them. Oh, okay. And uh, they have made um, just a shocking amount of money through that business model of having monetization in games. And uh, The Economist is actually talking about them as being one of the – becoming – usurping Google and Twitter as the the world's largest internet firm and a lot of their cash um, comes from of their 4.5 billion dollars in revenue. Wow, that's a big number. I think the number is 66% of it came from some kind of microtransaction in a in a free-to-play video game. You're kidding me. So they have a That's like almost 3 billion dollars in microtransactions. They have a 100 billion valuation on the market right now, which the economist is calling too risk and highly susceptible. You know what? We're this is where it's taken me. Our weed and, and video games podcast has got me so deep that I'm getting news from the economist. I misspoke myself, Andy. It is not sixty or seventy, it's eighty percent. Eighty percent of the of revenue. Its revenue. That is just a real situation right there. Oh, well, in this uh, in this era of microtransactions and loot boxes, again, we could we could probably go on uh, all day about it. Um, but let me let me give you a little little fun note. Did you hear that there's a Harry Potter AR game? Potter, <laughs> a Potter, Mister Potter. You're a wizard, Barry. Ah, you're a wizard, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the gizzard, Sherry. Look at the. Mm, mm. Fizzard. Blary. Blary. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Yeah, there's a Harry Potter AR game similar to Pokemon Go coming out for your iPhone. It's coming out from Warner Brothers. Now, I actually don't know if it's being developed. I imagine it's being developed by the same people that do Pokemon Go. I think I read that somewhere, but I what's could a- be- What's AR? Augmented reality. Oh, so this is like headset real life type thing? Or- no, 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 man. You played Pokemon Go, no? I Pokemon stayed. Excuse me? Like no, Pokemon's my safe word. I don't, I don't. I don't dabble. understand your deep-seated hatred hatred for well, Pokemon. Well, it's a dog what? fighting trainer for children, but I mean, you start that is there. Just yeah, no, I mean, take your thing, train it up, have it fight to the. That's dog fighting. I mean, there's no fighting to the death. There's the power of friendship. Oh, good. So it's just sleeping at the end. It's. No. Let me tell you when my adult it's a knock, brain. It's a let knockout. Me tell you it's a my, knockout. Let me tell you what my adult brain tells me after the um, creature that you trained up for death. Uh, you know, with various electrocutions and crushings does when it goes to battle its hardest. They don't walk away with the power of friendship. They walk away with the power of full body paralysis. <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard to argue your point because it's so accurate. And I'm a, I'm a deep Pokemon lover. Don't pull that hard on the vape. It's going to get mad at you. It's, it doesn't have what I, I ordered, though. And no, I think we've uh, vaped the whole chamber. Did we not refill it? No, we haven't refilled it. Oh, at I all. passed it specifically to you to refill oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's what happens when I've already vaped. 
Oh, okay. Because <laughs> when I passed it to you and you dropped everything everywhere, I assumed that was in the that process was of sign. refilling it. Yeah. So gotcha. how did you manage to do that if you weren't refilling it? I don't know. I love this. Just Butterfingers. Just but. Anyway, there's a Harry Potter AR game coming out. I think that's kind of cool. You're casting spells. You're walking around in the real world. You're doing things Harry Potter-like. So, you know, the Christian... Uh, the Christian... Um, right that that screamed about the dangers of the satanic panic in the 90s with dungeons and dragons they got to be furious about this right <laughs> so uh, what... my son walked in the kitchen and said no stradamus and cast a spell on me i'm pretty sure the sweet baby jesus did not get born in a manger to see my son casting the witchcraft devil's work over my pudding pies oh my goodness so warner brothers says by exploring real world neighborhoods including your southern mother's kitchen let me uh, tell you and cities across the globe players will go on adventures learn and cast spells discover mysterious artifacts and encounter legendary beasts and iconic characters they'll also team up with others to take down powerful enemies basically sounds like pokemon go with the harry potter skin on it do you know what the worst part is what's I'm that in. you're in i'm in i'm down do you know what unless it sucks Aloha i'm Mora. in for five minutes aloha more to that friend what aloha mora that's what they say when they're opening a door that's the spell to open a fucking door. Oh, did door. you read the books? Did I read the No, I watched... Well, I did no, read the no, books. No, I mean... But I read, watched, did you or did you I watched read the all seven of those... Actually, all eight of those I'm movies sorry. in a row with you. So don't get on your fucking so high and, horse Andy, and give me Andy, Harry Potter all, shit. I'm pretty sure there's a more mystical and Harry Potter name for it than a horse. Was it Shadow Facts? Uh, Shadow Facts is and, from, and, from and the a, Lord of the... You're hurting I, me now. I, that's, that's what I'm throwing in. What's the word you call it? So how old were you when you read the books? Uh, how old was I? Read? I, I read the first Harry Potter book in the uh, maybe fifth grade. That's an easy answer. What about the last one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe part of my uh, adult. Let the record hood? show that he knew more accurately the first book, which he read at a much older time than the last book, which I, had more I, recently. What are you Andy, about? what's where were you on the day of the twenty seventh? This has become a, a Harry Potter a interrogation. Particularly get magical Eve. <laughs> get back big get back into your cave troll. <laughs> Not so good. Not so good. We, God. We, listen, I rewatch the Harry Potters every year. I'm a Harry Potter fan. We we are both Harry Potter fans. Yeah, man. I mean it's a great it's a great IP. Do I think that I want to roll around like the office and be fucking casting you know, Lumos through my phone. I don't think so. Probably not. So we have something up here in Canada called debit. I don't know if other people have debit. Debit? It, yeah, like, debit. It, yeah. Debit cards? So so I will sometimes when I'm uh, swiping my card be like, debit Thomas. Debit Thomas? Is like that a debit spell? Tom well, debit and Tom like debit Thomas. Debit Thomas. That's not. What? Is that not? Is it's it like a joke there? Like it's debit. It's like I'm casting a spell because it's like magic. They want to go. You go up to it and swipe your hand. Are you telling me that's not like some wizardry? They're like, it'll be 15, 55. And you're like, come up and you're like, Debit Thomas. And then it's like approved. That doesn't seem like a. Seems like a good one. All right. Play, play cool. Play cool, Hotshot. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's very cool, man. I, I shoved you off on a Harry Potter a raft out into the deep ocean and then I reel you back in and I extend to you uh, a magical haggard hand. You slap it away. Slap it away. You slap it away. And, and, and just under my breath as I'm slapping it away, Debit Thomas. You know what? I bet 
I bet you've played Quidditch. I've Potter Boy. not played Quidditch. I, I, I would love have, to. You, you probably gripped one or two golden snitches in your hands. Yeah, all right. Settle down. Speaking of that, Velvet Swing, <laughs> a manufacturer <laughs> of uh, marijuana-infused properties, has come out with a water-based lube. Fantastic. Yeah, a water-based. So here's here's the, the exciting thing about that. It is a marijuana-infused lubricant that's based on water, which yeah. means it's not based on oil. Now, yeah. uh, we're going to get into some adult quick adult conversation here if you're using an oil-based lubricant it can and will fuck with your condoms don't ever do that the exciting part here is that velvet swing has made a, a marijuana infused water based lube which doesn't mess with the gentle latex of a prophylactic right and also uh they've managed to combine the mar- the the cannabinoids the the marijuana ingredients so to speak with water in this high pressure cyclone of a uh, technological advancement. And when it comes to your downstairs business, a nice water-based CBD uh, hemp, I would assume, probably a hemp-based lube? Or uh, no, it... no, it's it's got active THC in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder, it, does that translate into uh, a, a high? Uh, yeah, some kind of localized high. Because I know that in terms of the full cannabinoid, mm-hmm. um, uh, it does uh, promote um, uh, pro- pro-inflammatory cytokines in the in the flesh down there which has got to be good uh those are some science words and it's not pro-inflammatory because it'd be bad no it's, it's actually anti-infl- anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory cytokines yes. yeah well i mean you know there's a there's a study recently that people who smoke weed have more sex but that's that's a that's a different conversation does it get you high is the question why are you using a cannabis lube if it won't get you high well sadly um your uh, your male and female genitalia cannot for some reason um, absorb the uh, the 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 THC, so you it will not get you high unless unless you ingest it orally. I'll leave it to your imagination to figure out how that might happen, or you ingest it through your butt. This is the bluest segment we've ever gone into. Blue, like in terms of the content. It's this is this is sexy territory we've this wandered into. This just got sexy with the, the Purple Dungeon Squid. That's, I, and now the name seems even more suggestive. How do we possibly proceed on this We don't. We angle? just shut this motherfucker down. Can, can we down. just clap it out, guys? <laughs> Soft golf clap. Here it comes. Listener questions or games you want us to play, email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. And if you thought this podcast was dank as hell, recommend it to a friend. Or don't. I'm not your dad, but hit us with that five star review. It's hit us with that five star review on the iTunes, on the or the SoundCloud, or the Stitcher Premium. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Dan, talk to me. Are you glued? Are you fucking glued right now, friend? I'm somewhere. I'm in the glued zone. I I don't feel like I need to move. Every time I stop talking, it feels like there's just eternal silence. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Purple Dungeon Squid. Until next time, keep it dank, friends. And remember, if it ain't sticky, it's game over. Game. Whoop. Fuck, I am high.